Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. Good to see you, Ryan. It's good to see you, too. <laughs> I feel very strongly about how good it is to see you because I feel very strongly because this episode is <laughs> <laughs> That was the lamest intro ever. No, no, no. I, I, uh, I know exactly what you were, uh, you were leaning towards. I love these coffee cups, by the way. These are our B-team coffee cups. Yep. Kind of old school. They hold two ounces of liquid. They are definitely not broken. Never. Uh, or chipped. They definitely have the logo on the correct side, <laughs> as you cannot see here. <laughs> they were the first <laughs> attempt. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, today we got a good episode for you. It's a little bit of a more of like a, I want to say from the heart. It'll be a little testimonial. Yeah. And uh, I think it's coming to just... It's not something we really had planned, but it's something that we're bumping up against and we're seeing the effects yeah. in our friends and our families and then also the church. We're, and we're titling it in a mildly aggressive way. Yep. As you can see, it's called Go to Counseling. <laughs> um, but we don't, it's, we're not trying to be mean about it. We're no, not trying no. to be belittling about it. It's more that both of us and people we love and know have been through counseling and it's been great. And it's like, it's like not going to counseling feels like refusing a, a stimulus check. It's like, why would you not? And I know it's literally so valuable. It is. And I think that's part of the reason why we're doing it. I know there's a lot of stigmas in the negative, I think, that are coming down, like that people are oh, starting yeah. to realize. I feel like more like, people than ever are saying there are so many stigmas against mental health. And I'm like, the more of you say that, the less true it is. Because yeah. that's more people who don't or at least are aware of a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, for myself, I've been in and out of counseling for three years, I think, over three years. And, you know, I've had counseling sessions, not every other week, but practically every other week um, for probably two of those years. And uh, that sounds like a lot of counseling. Like when you're like, wow, yeah. counseling. Part of that was, you know, we had COVID. Yeah. And there was some really intense stuff that were going on that nobody had dealt with. Part of that is just kind of some personal things that are going on. Um, in my own life, in my own marriage, in my own family, um, in, you know, just kind of nuances stuff that you're like, golly, I don't know. And the way I like to explain it is like, um, <laughs> you ever been to a specialist when you have something hurt? Yeah. Like, so like you have like an oboe that like hurts and you like find out there's like a certain oboe doctor. Like you're not just going to like say that word again. Elbow doctor. Oh, I thought you said oboe doctor. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> the neck bones uh, connected to the oboe. <laughs> so, you know, you find out there's like a specialist for that. Yeah. And if your elbow hurt and you couldn't get answers from your regular doctor, you would want to go to the specialist. Yeah. Well, I think a counselor is the way I like to explain it is a counselor is a specialist. To, to talk to and to be helpful and to walk you through healing and to listen and to help kind of get to a special place, I think, inside of our emotional health. Yeah. And kind of, I think it leads to spiritual health a lot of times. I think it leads to physical health a lot of times. Yeah. But it's this emotional awareness. And, you know, like my grandpa, my dad, um, you know, the older generation, they, they had kind of like a boys don't cry mentality you know, don't show yeah. weakness. Um, and in some ways, that is a very valuable skill when you're like in war or like in conflict. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to to like be able to control your emotions in that way. But in the end, when you come back from the battlefield or you yeah. step out of the conflict and things settle down, 
there because of these deep wells that haven't been treated talked about and i want to double down on that for a second neither of us have been in the military no and this is going to be a sensitive topic so i'm going to try to talk about it in a sensitive way but um it's well known that there is a a specially high suicide rate among veterans um i was watching this ted talk from a guy who worked for the department of defense training soldiers and training soldiers how to train soldiers and that kind of stuff so he's like he knows what he's talking about he's in it and he talked about how there is no correlation between deployment and the suicide rate. It doesn't matter if you are a, a soldier who never leaves the continent, who is only working in logistics. The fact that you're a soldier means that you have this special high suicide rate. And he said, I think the reason is we teach soldiers to stuff their emotions and and become non-people in that way for a moment, for a task, and we never teach them to turn that off. We never teach them to go back and be emotional. We never teach them that there is some place to cry about your your fallen brother, that there is some place to cry about what you got going on in your life. And, uh, and this just goes back to the counseling thing, that like a lot of the suicide issues, from what I know from the statistics I've read and the stories I've heard, PTSD, but other stuff because of the training, because you're trained that you can't do that and you can't show emotion. That's bad. That doesn't help you be full of valor and be ready to, to jump on a grenade for somebody. We're looking for people who have shoved their feelings down. And the moment the adrenaline of the conflict goes down, or if you never even go out, you're stuck with this. You're trained with this lack of emotion, even though nobody has a lack of emotion Absolutely. in that kind of way from training, you just have learned to not engage it. Well, and I i mean, we just had this worldwide experiment that was two years long that I think is exposing that it doesn't even take the military. It can just take yeah. intense, long-term, um, I would say, not conflict, but potential for conflict um, that can really cause people's nerves. And the reason we're doing this episode is because in the last three to six months, not just in our church, not just like myself, like I'm talking about large portions of people that I know that I know closely and I know from a distance are seeing themselves need someone to process the last two years with. Yeah. And like, and not in a way of like uh, conspiracy theory or whether the vaccine Actual is good. data, like... Not like the political stuff. They're not worried about that. They're not worried about World War III with Russia. What they're struggling with is, um, why do I feel sad? Why do I feel depressed? Why Why does the yeah. world seem to be tainted in a way that I can't get over it? Like there's a there's an intensity inside of them that they can't unravel. So one of my yeah. favorite things to do um, to kind of expose how counseling helps you is because. Uh, I can't, I can't say I'm a professional. I'm not a professional counselor. But, you know, when you've been in something long enough that yeah. you're like, I can try to, I can try to show you. It's like, I do the same thing with, like, my friends at the gym when they have, like, a muscle that's sore. It's like, hey, look, I've been injured enough that I can help you stretch this <laughs> because yeah. I've heard so many times that someone showed me how to work on it. I feel like that's all I'm doing when I talk about counseling. <laughs> I'm just like, let me tell you all the ways that I've been helped. But one of the things I loved to learn is uh, if it's an, called an emotion wheel. Have you ever seen one of these? where it's, uh, it's like a wheel, but it's like a wagon wheel. And it has all these different, like, basically sections because it has these wagon kind of yeah. s- 
like basically just lines from the center of the circle to the it's edge. It's like a pie chart. Like a pie chart, but it has different levels of intensity of emotions. So it yeah. starts with like anger and sadness um, and or happy. And then that branches off of happy. It gives you like six more options. And then it branches off of those six options, six more options. Gotcha. And by the end of the, uh, of the wheel, like about the outside rim, it's got like 36 to 54, depending on which one you have different emotions that you can be feeling and those emotions lead to different responses inside the brain how you act how you feel and the further out on the wheel you can go the more emotionally healthy you are like the it's like it's like muscle connections and working out when you can know i'm not just moving my hand i'm moving my finger i'm moving the tip of my finger i feel the tip of my finger that's what's hurting yeah it's not my arm it's not my hand it's not my it's the paper cut on the tip of my finger. That's what's actually hurting. So the emotion wheel actually gets you to what you're feeling, which is actually most of the time the root, uh, the thing that you need to be curious about to heal. It's like, why do I feel ashamed? That's what I feel. I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I feel ashamed. Why do I feel ashamed? Like, I feel unworthy. Like, there's, yeah. there's something deep inside of us that normally is that. And I know for some people that are listening to this, you may not, you may have already turned it off uh, or you may be thinking <laughs> about it because you're like, this is too emotional and gushy. I am telling you, I am watching men in their 40s and 50s like crazy right now have deep questions about why they feel the way they do and they have yeah. no way of navigating it. They can't get to the end of the circle. They just feel angry. Yeah. And they're like, why do I feel angry? And you're like, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to get you the elbow doctor, yeah. <laughs> you know, to try to figure it yeah. out, you know. And like, and for me, it was—it's never a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this a lot, where the stigma was, well, if you had to go to counseling, something's wrong. And I—I I remember having conversations with my mom when I first went to counseling because she's like, "Do we screw up that bad that you need counseling?" Like that was her first thought in yeah. my mind. I'm like, that makes sense. That would make sense to me too if my kids had to go to counseling. They're like, must have screwed up. And, you know, the the years later, I was able to look at her and go, Mom, you could never give me what you didn't have. And you have to admit that you didn't have everything figured out when you were parenting me. You didn't. And so, sure, some of the wounds from that, but it's not from intentional things you did. It's, it's from the lack of her being perfect. Yeah. Which nobody could nobody ever ask could for. Nobody could ever be. And then yeah. on top of that, I'm in charge of my life. I'm steering the ship. And so yeah. some of that's just going like, I've been away from you for a while. So maybe I have wounds that aren't even from you <laughs> that are yeah. my own doing, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it was healthy, but it, and now it's gotten to a place where, you know, my dad is, is going through some courses for chaplain yeah. work and experiencing some of the things that I think I experienced in counseling. Cause he's learning how to counsel and the value of it is going up in his book and he's seeing the intensity of it and how much it really has helped him. Um, and the bottom line, Ryan, maybe you agree or disagree with this. I, I see counseling as a curiosity into my own brokenness. Yeah. That's what I see it as. I just see it curiosity into why am I the way that I am? Yeah. Why why do is is some of it's external, some of it's just the way the world is. Yeah. Right? I some of it's inside me. Like <laughs> I'm gonna try to be really careful because my mom listens to this podcast. Hi mom. Hi. Let's talk about my <laughs> No, uh, and I, I but, hope you know I love you, Mama. Um but I, yeah, there, so what I've learned from one of the many things I've learned from counseling is that trauma is perceived. Yeah. And so like one of the stories mm. that comes up 
a lot is me and my brother, who's four years older than me, and his friends all trying to play, me trying to play with them, but there aren't kids around my age, and uh, just literally normal sibling dynamics like that. Normal, you're not our age, we don't want to play with you stuff. And it was like, a, it, was, <laughs> it was a video game or something that uh, I wanted to play, and they didn't want to let me play, and I cried to my mom, and she's like, you have to let him play. And they were like, okay, so they all tagged up, or like teamed up on me. And that shouldn't matter. That shouldn't matter 20-something years later. But here we are. But here we are, and I've brought it up so many times, not because I'm like, I'm upset that they beat me in a game. It's like, that was a moment where I really learned experientially deep unwelcomeness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, there are many other times I've played a game and lost and it not been traumatic. Oh, yeah. But what I was perceiving about my relationship with my brothers, who I was six and they were like yeah, 10 and they nine. didn't know what like, they were doing. We're all but stupid it's kids. I literally don't perceived. blame it's anybody. It's perceived. Yeah. But yeah. this perception that like I've learned something new about myself, which is false, that I am deeply unwelcome and I have to earn my spot and I have to what like that's that's what counseling is there for. I'm not weak because that's true. That actually is helping me know more about myself and evaluate things that are happening in my life and in my relationships way better because I know because of that experience and experiences like that, I'm prone to that assumption. Well, and that that can help me see the real world more clearly. Yes. And so let me just take this from like, okay, so everybody perceives counseling as that, like you're going to go back to this deep childhood trauma and then you're going to watch it. No, no, no. But I I think it's really healthy to, to, to branch this. So like, let me do the opposite. Let me do the opposite of what you just did. So two months into COVID, three months into COVID, I am angry. I am frustrated. I, I feel like I'm going to Thanksgiving every weekend and I'm watching red and blue tear them apart. I'm watching Vax on Vax tear themselves apart. I'm in the center trying to yeah. stand with what I believe is Jesus and just trying to get people to focus on like what yeah. Jesus would do, not the dynamics of our world, um, and trying to get them to use wisdom, the Holy Spirit, and their brain to like yeah. you know like let's use all the tools that God has given us to 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 make the right decisions and uh i get in a disagreement with katrina and i punch a hole in my wall at my house going into my bathroom now i have never punched a hole in a wall before this is, i am not a naturally angry person yeah but that was the moment that i was like well, what was that like you know like i got in i remember i did it I got in the you know, right going into the bathroom, so I did it, and then I kind of slammed the bathroom door, and I was in there, and I was sitting down, and I, like, scared myself. You know, you're like, yeah, that was really bad. And, like, I had this moment where I, because I'd been in counseling, that I went, why am I so angry? And it was like, and that's what I did. I tracked it back. And my yeah. role in my family was to make peace. My role in the family was a lot of times we had a lot of siblings, my dad worked a ton. My mom worked a ton. And it was just, I was the oldest, and it was a perceived position. It was a per- yeah. perceived position in my family to make sure everybody was okay and to take care of everyone and to make sure everybody was having a good time and to, to kind of bring peace. And I realized there was no way to do that right now. It was just going to be a lot of unrest. And yeah. I didn't like it. It felt like visceral to me. 
Like it's yeah. a visceral reaction from a childhood kind of position. And I had to work through it to get to a place where I had to be okay with things not being okay. And I hadn't done that a whole lot in my life. I, I had always tried to fix things to a place where it at least got bearable to a yeah. peace level. And there just wasn't a way to do that for a long period of time. There just wasn't a way to do that. And so a small fight with my wife attached itself to this perceived thing, then attached itself to my surroundings, yeah. and it all came out in one moment. Yeah. But it, if I'd have left it there, I'd have just thought, wow, you're an angry jerk, rather than getting curious and figuring out how to go, okay, what's really going on? What yeah. what lie am I believing that I think I have to punch this wall right now? Yeah. <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, And that's the truth. And that's the beauty of counseling, because I haven't punched a wall since, and guess what? I haven't fixed it. I, I literally walked by it last night, and I thought, I will never fix this, because it is one of the healthiest ways to remind myself of yeah. what I've learned. And not that I won't fix it, but it's such a good reminder for me. And it's 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 not a trauma one. It's like a healthy, like, you know, I looked at I looked where I punched, and there's like beams like within two inches on either side. And it totally would have broken my freaking arm if I'd have hit. Yeah. And I was like, that was actually a lucky punch. So <laughs> I say all that to say, like, you know, when you talk about a, a perceived trauma in childhood, yeah. that doesn't stay there. Yeah. It doesn't. And when you don't process it if it triggers something else in your current life that attaches itself to that, it will cause massive issues. I see it in marriages all the time. I see it in siblings all the time. I see it with friends all the time. I see it with bosses and coworkers. Yeah. I mean, any kind of relationship that has attachment to, you know, a way a boss talks to you or a way your wife talks to you or a way a, a child talks back to you or a way yeah. a friend forgets to invite you. And it attaches to a moment where you were unwelcome in your childhood. And it's not even about that moment. Then it's like, I'm never welcome. Nobody really wants me around. Yeah. Nobody really cares about me. They would forget it if I didn't show up. They wouldn't forget I didn't exist. And then all of a sudden you're like, how did I get here? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I love counseling for is that like there there's kind of three sides, just like general body medicine. Mm -hmm. There's the general practitioner and the like what DOs, even though they're becoming more like MDs, what they were originally more meant to do and, and, uh, all the, all the like herbalists and other people, what they're yes. trying to do is like, like the exercise wellness side. And then there's the surgical side, which in counseling is kind of like the trauma dealing mm -hmm. side. And then there's the medication side, which in counseling is the me medication side. Mm -hmm. it, it can be the same because yeah. your, your mind and your brain share the same space but uh, we don't absolutely understand no. how they interact in every way. And so, like, like there are times where it's literally your body's brain chemicals fighting against you. And, like, yeah, that is the solution. But there are other times where it's, like, we need to go in or or a combination of all three. But but where we need to go in and we need to do surgery on this deep scar tissue in this, in this yeah. part of your past. Other times where it's, like, you're just not making healthy habits. And you're just, like, emotionally fat. Mm -hmm. Like emotionally, yeah. like, uh, like, uh, I don't know, just been laying down too much and yeah. emotionally out of shape. And so like, it's not just for any of these things or, or abuse or whatever, although it absolutely is. It can be, it can lead there. But I think, I think yeah. exactly what you're talking about is what I, I, I had counseling yesterday that when we we're recording this and, yeah. uh, James and I were talking and he's my counselor and, and he said, I wish more people would see this as maintenance and not an emergency. 
Yeah. Because a lot of times if you go into counseling as an emergency, like it's desperate, like you're at the end of your rope, you're suicidal. Yeah. It is such a, a, a difficult, difficult and different experience. Uh, it's very, di- it's very similar, like trying to get your car to a mechanic after it's blown up. Yeah. Or it's like on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different than like, Hey, I'm hearing some squeaks and it's making a weird noise and I want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. For counseling, it's very similar. Like you may not even realize that you need some help until you get in there and let it let it look. And yeah. for some people, they're like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to know, you know, all the trauma." And like, I, I totally get that, but that doesn't make it go away. Yeah, <laughs> you and, know, okay. <laughs> to turn the uh, real men don't cry on its head. Yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to insult this this kind of person who's saying this. I don't want to know everything that's under the hood. Isn't that like what you're accusing? people who do go to counseling of mm-hmm. i don't want to know what's under the hood sounds a lot like i'm too scared and weak mm-hmm. and again not trying to insult people but yeah. but like i think we've all been taught a certain set of words and ideas maybe not all but a lot of us have been taught a certain set of words and ideas around emotional health and counseling that views counseling and working on your emotional health as weak and and just pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is strong but literally counseling is scary sometimes oh, it's not it's, it's scary because it's you and it's it deals with uh your your ability and lack of ability and your shame and your anger and your whatever that's scary honestly oh, it, it takes some guts to go to counseling. my counselor i remember the first few months i was involved he said hey just remember one hour of counseling is equal to eight hour work day and i remember him being yeah. like so just know you're going to be tired like if you do this yeah. right and you do this well it it's it's hard yeah. work and, and it, it's just, I mean, when you think about it, the logistics, it's just kind of like an hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Man, that's true, though. I'm oh. just like, I can't do counseling at the beginning of the day because then I'm just like laying down moaning. <laughs> uh. and, and for those that are like, I, 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 I want to try to attack two different um, kind of, I, I see it as perceived perspectives of what we're talking about. The first is, yeah. I don't have time for that. And I, I don't know if I even really need it. And so like, they just kind of brush by it. Listen, I am not saying, we're not saying, like, everybody needs to go to counseling. The title of this is, if you're feeling like you should, don't wait. Go. Um, Honestly, I'd even rather you go to counseling and then be like, you're great, and then you leave. Absolutely. Like, um, I just don't, I don't think everybody's, every single person that's listening to this probably doesn't need to go. But I would love for everybody to have the experience, to know what it's like. Yeah. Because the secondary thought is, just don't. Don't poo-poo on it. Let like, me re- like let me rephrase. Yeah. You should go, but you may not be in a place where you need to continually go. Mm-hmm. You should probably go and have somebody else be like, you're doing pretty all right right now. And then you're like, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you should uh, the have benefits the of it, it would not hurt you to do it. Yeah. No, it wouldn't hurt or harm anything. And listen, we don't have perfect resources. We have a couple. I have a link that we can put in the thing to, of a recommended center that you can go through. Yeah. Um, uh, they do tele as well as in person, which I think is, uh, for me, tele has been game changer, which means just doing yeah. through Zoom or uh, through FaceTime, which is, I honestly love it. It's the it's yeah. convenient. It's easy. I can find a safe place and, and do it. And It uh, seems impersonal, but once, so when I started, I'm going to the same place, even though, or people aren't at the same place anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started and I was like, I want to show up in person because I don't know how I'd react with it being mm-hmm. over a phone or whatever. And now it's like only over Zoom. 
even mm-hmm. though they're like 45 minutes away. Yeah. It's just so much more convenient. But like, because they can do both, you could start with one and move to the other. Or Absolutely. And, and there's so many services around here that offer scholarships and will yeah. help and get you through. And yeah. money, money may uh, at some point obviously be um, a wall or a, a barrier, but I, I really think as if you make it a priority, you really can get to a place where you'll see the value of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll tell you, and the thing that probably breaks my heart the most about this is I just watch marriages fall apart and they try to hold it together without asking for help. And um, Ryan and I would love to have any conversations with couples that are struggling and we are willing yeah. to do that whenever. And But I know Ryan and I, when we talk about it, we are paramedics. We are not the surgeons. We're not the, yeah. we're not the physical therapists that you need in the sense of your emotions for your marriage and the, the value of the things you need to learn. And so I just hate that so many marriages wait until they're on fire and falling from the sky yeah. before they try to find a parachute. The You talked about the emotion wheel. What my counselor walked me through is these different kind of, and it's kind of tied to the same thing, but uh, these different levels of emotions that are more or less bad. Uh, kind, of, kind of the way it was framed was um, there are inhibitory emotions that keep you from feeling what you're actually feeling which in this chart were shame, fear, and guilt, probably. I think those were the three. But if you're feeling those things, that means you've got something unresolved that you don't know what to do with. Getting past those, like talking through it and whatever, especially with a counselor, and then being able to work to the the actual emotion you're feeling that isn't being covered up by this other one, anger, joy, sadness, excitement, yeah. whatever, working through that, not working through it like it's disposable, but like being able to navigate that and sit in it whenever can lead you to these like, I don't remember what the name was of these was, but like exploratory or inquisitive or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, These other emotions that are like lighthearted, solution-focused, like communal, helpful. It's not bad to feel any of those feelings, but you know when... when you're feeling shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, that kind of stuff, you like you're in trouble. You need to stop and slow down and think about it and work on it because you're not actually feeling so like, like we have a stressful situation. I was finishing my master's degree this past spring and uh, my project for it was to create a daily devotional. I way overdid it, but whatever. A, d- a daily devotional for Lent, like journeying with Jesus through the gospel of Mark into Easter. Really cool. And it was really great, and I love it, um, but that's just a high-stress moment in my life where I have my job, I have this huge extra project, and that project is for school to finish my degree, and I'm finishing the rest of my schooling at the same time, all this stuff coming together at once, and all of a sudden I wasn't feeling that much anger or sadness or joy or, or contentment or whatever. I was feeling like anxiety and fear yeah, which was keeping me from feeling what I was actually feeling. Mm-hmm. Maybe like sad that I didn't come home on time or whatever. But instead of that, it was like upped by the pressure and it turned into fear where I couldn't feel sad because I was too busy feeling scared, mm-hmm. like like fearful, anxious, whatever. And those, anyway. and those types of emotions, they sneak in. Yeah, like they don't they don't like show up and knock the door down. They like slide under it. Yeah. Get it, take up room and then all of a sudden you're like, man, this is how yeah. I really feel. I wanna 
They're oh, like carbon monoxide oh emotions. Dude, you don't smell them, don't, don't but you'll feel the effects. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure to, and I want to tell you why it's worth it, because here's my experience, and this is mine, and maybe, Ryan, you can speak to yours, but yep. what, what counseling has changed for me, it has changed my tool belt. It has yeah. changed the way I interact with the world, perceive the world, and it has given me a newfound freedom to feel, but then also to stop feeling things that I know I shouldn't. And it has given me uh, a larger set of muscles to handle things that maybe before would have been difficult. And it's it's given me a newfound freedom in internally uh, about how I feel about myself and how I talk. One of the things my counselor said in the first time, she said, you're not very nice to yourself. Yeah, And I was like, I had never had someone tell me that yeah. before. And I remember just being like, you're right. I'm not right. Yeah. And we met yesterday, and I said it out loud, and then I remember thinking, that's true. I was like, I like myself these days. I treat myself really well. I'm working out. I'm eating right. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking kindly to myself. I'm giving myself grace. And yeah. it's just completely changed my internal barometer yeah. about myself. And this is a church Christianity podcast. So let me tie it back around with with uh, something one of our professors brought up at Ozark who has been through counseling and that kind of stuff. He talked about how uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. How self-love, and that's kind of been commandeered by a lot of other stuff yeah, that we don't I mean. mean but self-love tied with counseling helps you do all that. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength which that's more the the one in Deuteronomy than it was is the one in Matthew, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, that I maybe I got that backwards. Uh, anyway, it's uh, the Shema. You don't really have all your heart, soul, mind, and strength if you are being crippled by your weak and poor emotional health, like like your suffering, shriveled emotional health. Yep. On top of that, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you don't like yourself, if you hate yourself, if you not saying don't be self-sacrificial. Please do that. But if there are like unspoken things in your life, if you are if you are working through your life with a food addiction or something like that, yeah. and your whole driving to and from work, uh, you're consumed by um, like how you can drive through somewhere and spend money that a spouse won't see and whatever, like how are you going to love your neighbor as yourself and they be blessed by it? Yep. If that's how you're loving yourself or treating yourself as somebody made in God's image, well, like you're not. No. You're you're treating yourself. You're being run by an animal, by the carnality of your, your heart and mind and desires. And so like counseling can help you use what, how God made you to help make you healthier, make you more like a Garden of Eden person rather than like a, Lamech kills a lot of people and has a bunch of wives person. Yeah. Uh, p- make you more into the person you're supposed to be that God made you Absolutely. to be. That way you can offer God more of your heart, more of your soul, more of your mind because you have it free to give. And you can offer others the love that you offer yourself that is good, self-sacrificially. Absolutely. And that I've seen that in my marriage. I've seen that with my kids. I see that with my friends. And it's it's changed a lot of stuff for me. It really yeah. has helped. And now I'm not, I'm not perfect. There's nothing that I, I can say that's 
that's figured everything out. And there's so many processes that I'd love to break down and talk about and like dive into about yeah. what specifically it's done. I can just tell you though, with, with certainty that as long as you get in a good counselor with that loves God and that listens well, um, man, there, there's no ends to, I think the, the positive effects that that can have over the course of time, especially, especially if you have deep trauma, especially if there's some stuff that you need to deal with. Yeah. But also I think for those that just want to get a little healthier, I really think it's, it's like, you know, when you invest a little and you get a lot back, I think this is a teeny investment that has a large return. I just think it has a large return. Um, You know, that hour a week or hour every of the couple weeks or one hour a month dividends for decades. I mean, I really think it just, it just piles up. It's and, and to, tie on to something you've said and i think the past couple podcasts maybe a sermon or two um at funerals they don't normally talk about how much money somebody had or their possessions their house their car whatever they usually talked about who they loved and who loved you mm-hmm. uh who loved them and counseling helps you make the most of those things Absolutely. again just like the love your neighbor is yourself it helps you be a better friend and invest in friendships better it helps you receive the love that people are trying to give you yep yeah, it's and just I, like I think it just it does that. And I and listen, if if you've listened this far, I'm very proud of you. Um, yeah, and I I hope that you'll click on the link if you're interested in in checking out uh, the counselors that we recommend, or at least the the organization that both of us have have gone through and, and yeah. found beneficial. Um, but don't don't stay silent either. You know, talk to somebody close to you. Tell them that you're thinking about this. Let this be something that's a decision that that kind of you hold yourself accountable to, because I will tell you, making that first appointment is hard and going to the second one's even harder. Yeah. Uh, the first one's kind of raw and the second one's real. That's what I tell yeah. people. You know, the first one's kind of the, the not sure what to expect, not sure how to, and then the second one's kind of where reality starts to sink in that this isn't just something that's like going to the gym. You can't just show up. You actually have to like lift the weights. <laughs> like yeah. You have to actually do something at the yeah. gym. And so, you know, you, to engage counseling, it's the same way. You kind of have to be ready to come in and work um, and get curious. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I'm so glad you guys uh, took the time to listen. I hope that you'll encourage, uh, it, this encouraged you to maybe think about um, taking that, like, kind of per, first step, um, proactive, proactive yeah. rather than reactive. Um, one of my favorite things that I've learned in counseling is that counseling is actually what I think friendship was intended to be. Yeah. It was intended to be a safe place for people to learn and be curious and the grace that is there and the love that I've experienced in counseling is such a God style love. Yeah. And I really, I want everybody to experience what it's like because you may never have experienced what it's like to be completely honest with somebody, tell them everything, both exterior and interior that's happened. You've done to yourself and has been done to you the unfairness of the world or the brokenness and hurt of loss and to watch somebody on the other side of a screen or in a room, look at you and go, Oh man, that stinks, but I'm here with you. And we're going to figure this out together. That is in and of itself a life changing experience. And that's the kind of thing. So I'm the discipleship pastor over small groups, whatever. We're starting a new small group this semester. That's the direction I'm trying to send it is this first semester, we're not doing a study through the Bible. We're not jumping into knowledge, whatever. Most of us, like, don't have good friends. Maybe we have acquaintances or hangout people or whatever, but most of us don't have good friends we can talk to yeah. about stuff. And so, like, 
that's what we're jumping into is an North Point Andy Stanley community series. But it's all about like, like showing up, being real with each other, telling our stories. Us all, when we talk about prayer requests, everybody knows that your mom struggles with this and that your, mm-hmm. your sibling's been in and out of jail and, or mm-hmm. that you, you are really anxious or depressed in this season or that whatever. And, and we're there for you as, as friends, as deep, like, yeah. intimate friends. Yeah. That's anyway. what you want. I mean, that, and that honestly, that's what everybody wants. And it stinks. It stinks. Sometimes you have to pay for it. But I, I, the thing that I would tell you is the experience is such a life altering one that you take that with you into your relationships. Yeah. You learn the value of that. And I am a better listener because I've gone to yeah. counseling. I am. I'm a better listener, not perfect, but I'm a better listener. I know we could talk about this all day, and I, I I really do appreciate the time that you've already taken to listen. If you found this beneficial, man, hit the like or give us a great review. That'd be awesome. Maybe yeah. share it with a friend. Hit the subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, man, we're going to have some fun ones coming up. I know Ryan's lining a few up with some professors yeah. and some different things. I, I'm stoked. And then, obviously, Bless to Bless campaign is coming up, our generosity mm-hmm. campaign in November, which is always really fun. We'll have, I think, the whites on again, and just, just going to be good, yeah. some good stuff to look forward to. So, hey. No one's told you. I loved how uh, <laughs> I loved how Mr. Rogers used to say it. Yeah. Um, Won't you be my neighbor? And in my mind, he was inviting him into that love that yeah. Jesus was talking about. He's like, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think counseling is all about learning how to love yourself so you can be a good neighbor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Go and be a good neighbor. Maybe do some work to learn how to be a better one. So. And you're welcome to be our neighbor. Yeah. Love you, mom. <laughs> <Love> you, <Mom. laughs> have a great and glorious day Lord see you later see ya